The Preface of the Twentieth Century New Testament This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by J. A. Carter www.authenticlight.org The Twentieth Century New Testament by a company of about twenty scholars. Preface English-speaking people of today have not until quite recently had the opportunity of reading the Bible in the English of their own time. Though in the course of the last hundred years the Bible has been translated into the vernacular of most countries, the language of our Bible remains the English of three hundred years ago. This translation of the New Testament is an endeavor to do for the English nation what has been done already for the people of almost all other countries, to enable Englishmen to read the most important part of their Bible in that form of their own language which they themselves use. It had its origin in the recognition of the fact that the English of the authorized version, closely followed in that of the revised version, though widely valued for its antique charm, is in many passages difficult or even quite unintelligible to the modern reader. The retention, too, of a form of English no longer in common use is liable to give the impression that the contents of the Bible have little to do with the life of today. The Greek used by the New Testament writers was not the classical Greek of some centuries earlier, but the form of the language spoken in their own day. Moreover, the writers represent those whose utterances they record as using the words and phrases of everyday life. We believe that the New Testament will be better understood by modern readers if presented in a modern form and that a translation of it which presents the original in an exalted literary and antiquated dress cannot, despite its aroma and the tender memories that have gathered around it, really make the New Testament for the reader of today the living reality that it was for its first readers. In this respect, the present translation differs altogether in its aim from that of the revised version of 1881. No attempt is made in that version to translate the original into the language of our own time. Its authors state in their preface, we have faithfully adhered to the rule that the alterations to be introduced should be expressed as far as possible in the language of the authorized version, or of the versions that preceded it. Our constant effort, on the contrary, has been to exclude all words and phrases not used in current English. We have, however, followed the modern practice of using an older phraseology in the rendering of poetical passages and of quotations from the Old Testament, and in the language of prayer. The translation of 1611, known as the Authorized Version, was the outcome of many successive revisions of the translation completed by Tyndale in 1534, which was, at least to some extent, founded on that completed by Wycliffe about 1380. Further, the last-named translation was not made from the original Greek, but from the Latin version known as the Vulgate. The present translation is not a revision of any previous one, but is made directly from the Greek, nor is it a paraphrase. A paraphrase might be useful as a help to the interpretation of the New Testament, but it would not be the New Testament itself. Yet, on the other hand, our work is more than a verbal translation. No purely verbal rendering can ever adequately represent the thoughts conveyed in the idioms of another language. In this translation, not only has every word been carefully weighed, but also the emphasis placed upon every word, and the effort has been made to give the exact force and meaning in idiomatic modern English the greek text since the publication of the authorized version of 1611 more than 1500 manuscripts of the whole or of parts of the new testament have been discovered or have become accessible and among them are the three oldest and most important 
The Greek text here translated, that of Westcott and Hort, is mainly founded on the oldest manuscripts, and may be said to represent that form of the text of the New Testament which was generally in use in the church at the end of the third century. Parallel Passages A large amount of time and care has been expended upon those passages of the Gospels which record the same or similar events or discourses, in order to show the remarkable similarities and the no less remarkable divergencies which abound in them. Such passages are common in the first three Gospels, while in the fourth they are more numerous than is generally supposed. Dr. Westcott writes, The English reader has a right to expect that he will find in the revision which is placed in his hands a faithful indication of the verbal agreement or difference between the several narratives. In addition to such help as that referred to by Dr. Westcott, the English reader should now be able to some extent to study the origins of the Gospels and to discern their relation to a common source. Great advances have been made in the study of this subject since the issue of the authorized and even of the revised version. There are still, however, minute points where such an indication as that required by Dr. Westcott seems impossible. Quotations and Borrowed Phrases The numerous and important quotations from the Old Testament are in this translation set out in modern form, but minor quotations, that is, those not specially introduced as quotations, from the Old Testament, the Apocrypha, the Book of Enoch, and other sources, are placed between single inverted commas, while at the foot of the pages references are given to some of the vast number of places in which the writers consciously or unconsciously borrow the phraseology of the Old Testament. This will enable the reader to see how familiar the writers were with the very words and phrases of the Septuagint version of the Old Testament, and how insensibly it influenced them in describing the events of their own day. Proper Names the names of persons and places we have as a rule left in the forms with which English readers have been made familiar by the authorized and revised versions, except where a change in the spelling seemed likely to show the correct pronunciation. Measures, Coins, and Titles We have attempted to give measures of space and time, the values of coins, and also official titles in their nearest English equivalents. Bracketed Passages A few passages, numbering fourteen in all, will be found placed between square brackets. These are judged by Westcott and Hort, quote, not to have originally formed part of the work in which they occur, unquote, but to be, quote, stray relics from the apostolic or sub-apostolic age, unquote. The three most important of these will be found at pages 39 and 210. Order of the Books the order in which the books and letters of the New Testament appear in this translation is due to the desire not to inconvenience a reader familiar with the old order more than is necessary, but at the same time to make an advance in the direction of such a chronological arrangement as modern research has rendered possible. Three main divisions have been adopted, suggested by the character of the books, historical books, letters, and an apocalypse. And in the subdivisions the letters have been grouped under the names of those writers to whom they have been traditionally attributed. Within these subdivisions, the books and letters stand in a probable chronological arrangement. It is certain that our translation will not be acceptable to those who regard any attempt to retranslate the New Testament as undesirable, if not dangerous. It is nevertheless hoped that by this modern translation the New Testament may become a living reality to many by whom the authorized version with all its acknowledged beauties is but imperfectly understood or never read. In this hope, we now commend this translation, which has been undertaken as a labor of love, to the goodwill of all English-speaking people, and to the blessing of Almighty God. The Translators, September 1904 Note 
The tentative edition of this translation was issued in three parts between 1898 and 1901. In that edition we endeavored to discover what was practicable in a modern translation of the New Testament before issuing a permanent edition. This revision of our translation, rendered necessary by the large demand for our tentative edition in every part of the English-speaking world, amounts practically to a careful retranslation, made in the light of experience derived from our previous attempts, and of the many valuable criticisms that have been received. The order of the books and letters as arranged in this translation. Mark, Matthew, Luke, John, Acts, James, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, Galatians, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Romans, Colossians, Philemon, Ephesians, Philippians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Hebrews, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, Jude, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Revelation. End of Preface